let's remember the truth that's found here in Exodus chapter 17. We'll start at verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim, and Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So we'll end our reading there. We have challenges in front of us. We are actually commanded, uh, as it's here illustrated, to fight against the world, the flesh, and the devil. We are in a spiritual war. And those who may think that life is meant to be some peaceful, serene, uh, carried to the heavens on a flowery bed of ease, while others fought to win the prize, sailed through bloody seas. That's just not the reality. It's what we want. We want the peace and the serenity and the, and the quiet. And we don't want opposition. We don't want to fight. But we're in a battle. We're in a war. We're in the, the war of all wars. It's epic. It's been happening since the beginning of time. And it will happen to the very end of time. We're in a war. And that's something that I think that we can forget because for the most part we live our lives in relative peace and normalcy, just routine. We go throughout our, our lives and we just want our lives to be in this sort of clockwork routine. That's all we want. Don't bother me. I just want routine. But the reality is we are in a major war. And there are times and, and episodes in our lives where, where that is brought into stark reality. For example, when there's conflict that rises in our homes, conflict that rises in our marriages, conflict that rises in the church, and certainly conflict that rises in the nation and nations. And, and anyone who can see anything of what's going on, in certainly in America, but of course all over the world, will know that this world is in conflict. There is no peace in this world. There is unrest. It's like the heaving waves of, of the stormy seas. It's in constant turmoil. We're in a war. And they were in a war, the children of Israel. They were coming up against Amalek. And the key that we want to take away from this is that while Joshua was fighting the Amalekites below, Moses was sitting up high on the top of a hill, I would say close to heaven, but also, I would say, 
where he could see what was going on below. I really believe that that's important. That little minor detail is important. Because as Jeremiah says, mine eye affecteth my heart. And what that simply means is that when we see the reality of the tremendous battle and the opposition that we are up against and we don't have our heads just so buried in the sand, then that will affect our heart. It will affect our tremendous desire to cry out to the Lord. When we're in peace and safety and comfort, let's face it, there's just not even the the human desire to cry out to God. We may still say our prayers. We may still go through the, the form of godliness in that way. But there is there is that in contrast with the man who is desperately fighting for survival. There is the formality of prayer, and then there is the urgent, extraordinary cries of the heart. And we're not talking about some um, physical manifestation. We're not talking about you have to pray louder, you have to pray stronger, you have to pray with more. No, I'm talking about the heart is fully engaged. And so Moses was, was on the top of this hill so he could see what was happening. And he was able, therefore, also to see the direct connection between his intercession, symbolized in the raising of his hands, and the success of the battle, the physical battle and the warfare below. He was able to witness that because it says that when he held up his hands, Israel prevailed. He could see it. But when he let down his hands, the enemy prevailed. There is a direct cause and effect connection between our praying and what is happening playing out before our eyes, whether it's in our homes or whether it's in our nations or our churches. Direct. It's not even just um, a, an, an, an approximation of a cause. It's a direct cause and effect. We don't believe that half enough, I don't think. We, we really don't. If we did, we would be giving ourselves with tremendous ferocity to the place of prayer. Because we would see that it depends on our praying. When we lose here, if we fail here, we will fail everywhere. We will fail. Moses understood that. There is a direct cause and effect. And so when we go out this afternoon, when you go out, when these men that we know, when Puyan goes out, when uh, our brother there in South Africa goes out, and especially when you're on the streets, you are faced with the reality of the opposition. And so it's important for us as those who pray, 
who sit on top of a hill, as it were, to be able to see, to be able to feel what's happening so that our prayers are not just in an ivory tower, as the expression goes, that we are with our brothers that are on the front lines or that are on the ground. This is air support, and that's ground support. We need both. But the interesting thing is that Moses' hands became heavy. That is a symbol, in my mind, of prayer becoming hard. And weariness in prayer is a real thing. It is as natural and as inevitable as gravity itself. Moses' hands, just because of the, the length of time, I'm sure that he was there, they started to grow heavy. And gravity was doing its natural thing. Well, I think it's true with prayer as well, which is why, by the way, we would all agree that so many prayer meetings have been abandoned as a, as a corporate thing in churches because it's hard. It's hard and it's discouraging and it's wearisome. And people just say, well, let's just stop. Well, we've been praying now for 800 and some odd days, 828, I believe. It's wearisome. I, am, I will be the first to tell you that it is wearisome, wearisome to the soul. Now, there is a, a very real aspect where the Lord upholds and gives grace and has been very good in meeting us there. But the, but the reality is, it is wearisome. Well, it is for me. Maybe I'm just the weakest of you. But it is, it is the hands grow heavy. And that's inevitable, I think. The longer something goes, the hands grow heavy. It required Aaron and her to come around alongside Moses to prop up his hands so that his hands were steady. Steady hands in prayer. Friends, that is one of the, if I can say it this way, natural byproducts of corporate prayer because none of us are consistently strong. Not any one of us are consistently strong. But when you have a collection of God's people, one is strong, another is weak, and then the next day this one maybe is stronger and this one grows weaker. When you have a collection of God's people like they did in the in the Roman era with their soldiers, they would lock their shields together. As you know, they would walk around like that as a unit, that was the most powerful way that they, they were able to, to fight. It's like they were a little tank. They would walk around like that, and they, were be, they would be like a unit, a unit as one. And that's why there's such an emphasis uh, on the unity among God's people in prayer. It's not just a bunch of individuals, disparate individuals, just praying, okay, now it's my turn, and it's this person's turn or whatever. There is a, it's like we're one. It's like there's one voice now. And there's a strength in that. It's not just strength in numbers. It's The strength is when one is weak, the other is strong. When Moses is becoming weak, you have an Aaron and a Hur that are coming alongside to help. And that is 
part of the point in this prayer meeting, in any kind of a united corporate prayer meeting, is that you will have a strengthening of the brethren as they pray together. And as you see there, his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. That's how you have steadiness in prayer until the very end. That's how you could last. That's how we can go. That's how I think that so far to this date, we've, we've gone for 800 consecutive days. If we had thought to ourselves back at day one that that's what we would do, we would say, forget it. There's no way. This is the, this is the miracle of what's going on here. There is a steadying in the hands of prayer when you have this sister and this brother and I'm looking at your faces. We're all contributing. And for those of us who think, well, I'm not really contributing. I'm just, I'm just a fly on the wall. You're contributing. You're contributing. See that? Don't believe that. You are here. You're here. I trust you're here to pray, at least in some measure, and not all of us can be fully, fully, fully engaged. I get it. But at least in some measure. And so you're contributing. You're being an Aaron and a her. And you are holding up and you are steadying the hands. So let's go in prayer now. We have a big bad world out there. It's getting worse. And it's insane. And it's crazy. And, and all the rest of it. And there's no fixing it. With new laws, new presidents, new anything, new reform, more money. There's no fixing that. This is spiritual. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The people that we see today, that we'll see today, <clears throat> we're not fighting against them. There's something behind them that's empowering them. We're wrestling against that. And you're not going to fight that with sticks and stones. You're going to need to pray, you spiritual weapons. So let's pray together. <laughs> 